Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. I know it's been a while, a um, couple of months actually, since we've had an episode, um, but I'm back and I've got a bunch of news to catch you up on. Incredible journey, um, incredible stuff, and uh, a few podcasts coming up uh, in your direction over the next couple of months. So you can look forward to that. And I think it's going to be really, really good. So let's get straight into it. Who is Jesus? What is he doing? And what does it mean to follow him in the world today? My name is Matt Lewis. This is the Follower Podcast. And everyone is invited to the conversation. Yeah, so um, here's the thing. Here's the thing that I need to tell you. I'm in Germany. I'm in Germany, of all places, um, in a little town called Hiddenhut with a bunch of people called YWAM. And I'm going to be here for the next three months. And then uh, while I'm here and for the, the next three months, we're going to be praying with this community of people that I'm here with. And then after that, we're going to spend another three months going somewhere in the world, wherever God tells us to go, uh, just sharing the love of Jesus. So if ever there was a journey that's true to the follower podcast, this is it. And uh, for the next couple of months, I'm going to be doing one podcast every week, just uh, in a personal sense, just to kind of process everything I'm learning each week, and then to share it with you. But in terms of how did we arrive here, right? So Matt, you've been quiet for a while. You started a podcast. You chatted with us last time we spoke to you. Uh, I think last time we chatted, I was in America. And uh, and now you're speaking to us and all of a sudden you're in Germany. How did you get here? So uh, here's how we arrive in this place. About a year ago now, I was working in a fantastic church, Thrive Church. Shout out to all the Thrive Church people, Byron, Candice, love you guys. If you are listening to this from Thrive Church, I just want to go ahead and say that's an incredible community. And Byron and Candice Chicken are some of the most beautiful human beings on the planet. And uh, it was just wonderful working for them. And um, when I was working there at Thrive Church, we spent about a year um, just praying and thinking about my role in the community. And I think over time, it just became clear to all of us that uh, God was calling me out. And so um, Thrive Church blessed me and sent me out. And, and, uh, and for the last year, I've been just following Jesus, right? So didn't necessarily send me out into a known destination. It was a little bit more like Abraham going, uh, go to a place that I'll show you. And so I've been in, on this journey of, of just trying to follow Jesus without necessarily a clear picture of where that goes, at least initially, and letting Jesus and the following of Jesus be the main thing. And so for the past year, that's what it's been, right? And that has seen me doing all kinds of stuff. We, you know, in this year, I've, I've been able to minister to my friends at Renowned Church Abu Dhabi. Love you guys. If you're a part of the Renowned Church community, listening to this, Dave and Pam and Ev and He Young and Lua and just all the, all the people, the, the Renowned Church people, man, love you guys, miss you guys. And, and we just had the most amazing time in Abu Dhabi uh, toward the end of last year. Then I went through to Andy Barnard. And Alison Barnard in their ch in their church in Hingham, a Christian Fellowship Hingham. What an incredible group of people! Uh, shout out to Andy and Alison, and we just had the most amazing time running Alpha with those amazing people. And God did all kinds of wonderful things there. Hung out with my friends Mick and Buffy, and and uh, and that was an amazing time. And and hung out with Andy and Karen in England, and saw my mom in England, and and uh, hung out with some friends in Ireland, YWAM community in Ireland with. Johnny Clark and all those guys out there. So shout out to you. And, and then um, 
went and finished up my master's and uh, that was through the incredible institution of Trinity Bible College and Dr. Paul and Carol and uh, Scott, who was overseeing my my studies and, and the incredible people at Liberty Church who helped us all as a as a cohort get through that. So thank you to that, Mark Reeves and all you guys. Man, just what an incredible time. And so I was able to do ministry there and and then came back to South Africa. And since then, just been all over the country, right? Just preaching and teaching and doing stuff and with Red Frogs communities and, and doing stuff uh, with YWAM Durban and, and teaching at different churches, Thrive Church and One City Church and uh, Grace Family Church. And we're developing this incredible uh, curriculum uh, a friend of mine, Paul Rowney, and uh, and the incredible people at Grace Family Church, and the amazing creative team there, we're putting this curriculum together called Live the Story, which is going to equip people like you who are listening to this to live the story of Jesus rather than just looking at it from a distance. And so, I mean, this past year, it's been so full. And um, by the way, the Live the Story stuff will be coming out next year, and uh, I'll tell you more about that when it does. But it's been so full and it's been so incredible. And I got to, I mean, I got to speak, right, with all the headmasters of church private schools in South Africa about the importance of Christian education. I mean, what a thing, right? Like sitting in this room with all these incredible people. And uh, Sue Fenica, just shout out to you and, um, and um, to St. Anne's College. What an incredible school and all the stuff that's going on there. And, and, and it's just been amazing. It's been amazing. And actually just too many stories to tell you. It would, be, it would just take too long. Worked, I mean, it worked with the, the Azam SA team, right? Mark Day and that incredible team. Shout out to you guys. And did incredible things. And saw the Holy Spirit move in power at Michael House College. Alan Smedley, hello. Uh, you know, it, it, even as I'm just sitting here processing now, just memory after memory after memory in this year of just following Jesus, meeting incredible people and seeing the Spirit move in power. Uh, and it's been a phenomenal year. And I'm so grateful for it, right? And uh, as it came up to one year on this journey of just following Jesus, I was sitting about two weeks ago now. Well, it was about three weeks ago now, hey? And sitting in my devotion time and just reading my, my Bible and praying. And, and one of the things that the Lord had really been raising in me, and this would be just an encouragement to you if you're listening in, is just the importance of community in this whole journey, right? So I'm learning more and more and more that, that it really is almost, I would just say, impossible to really follow Jesus outside of community. I don't, I don't even know how you would begin to do that. And um, although I have an incredible community of people around me globally, all over the world, I have amazing friends that speak into my life and love me and care for me and just just want the best for me, Matt. And and I'm able to be a part of their lives. And, and even now, I mean, the list starts building in my mind and it's just too long to mention, so I won't even go there. But you know who you are. And I just love those people. But uh, what's been increasingly evident to me is that although that community exists, it's global, it's not local. And when I wake up on a Monday morning and, and, and traveling around as I have been, it's still kind of, it's just Matt, you know, doing his thing. And so one of the things that God has really been raising in me is the importance of community and the importance of running with a tribe of people and running with a group of people. And so I was really praying into this uh, the past two weeks or so. Uh, all the, over this whole year, and then in the in two weeks ago in my devotion time, uh, the Lord just raised that again. He just raised the importance of that. And one of the communities that really has been close to my heart 
uh, as I've been ministering in all these different contexts, has been the YWAM, particularly the YWAM Durban community, but the YWAM in general. If you don't know what YWAM is, YWAM stands for Youth with a Mission, and it's, it's pretty much the largest organization of its kind in the world, and a phenomenal story. There's a book that you can get, which is called Is That Really You, God?, written by Lauren Cunningham, uh, and it really tells you the story of YWAM. And there are just so many things that are true about the YWAM community that are true about me as a person. So, you know, YWAM has got this, this global vision. It's open, wide open to the Holy Spirit, uh, incredible like scope for creativity and innovation. Its leadership structures are very organic and relational um, and, and yet very connected. It's a global community. Uh, it's apostolic in its nature. Uh, there's just so many different pieces of what YWAM is that is true to who I am, right? And so as I was thinking about this community, I thought, you know, I've really enjoyed my time with YWAM and I really think that that could be a community where I could find home and where God could keep writing the story that he's been writing through me. And that is not in any way to the exclusion of any of the other communities that I'm a part of and serving with and serving in. And, and uh, you know, local church, Grace Family Church, Thrive Church, One City Church, uh, churches in Cape Town, you know, like um, they, will, they are now and will continue to be, at least from my side, uh, beautiful relationships where I will continue to serve in and with the local church in so many different ways. But just my Monday through Friday, uh, that's kind of where the Lord has been leading me. And I, and I felt like YWAM may be a place where I could find some home. And whether that's true going forward or not, it still remains to be seen. But at least for now, uh, that's kind of what the picture looked like, right? And then uh, in addition to that, the Lord was really calling me away. I felt like, uh, you know, I've been in ministry for 12 years. And in those 12 years, never taken a sabbatical, never taken an extended break and felt like um, that would be a good decision to make. Is So to make a decision toward community and to make a decision toward time away with Jesus. And now when I say time away with Jesus, here's a picture for you, right? Um, Jesus is baptized. The Father speaks over him, his blessing. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And then right after he's baptized, he goes out into the desert for 40 days to be tested. Um, Paul is on his way to Damascus. Uh, he has this incredible encounter with Jesus, goes blind for three days, and then after going blind for three days, goes out into the desert for three years in order to know Jesus in the same way that the apostles did, right? And so th there's this pattern, and you can see it in so many different spaces in Scripture, of uh, the Lord kind of electing people, choosing people, moving in people's lives, and then there's almost like this coming away season where guys are almost removed from their context for a while. Uh, and there's this there's invitational way to do this deeper work in people. And I just felt like that was something that God was calling me to because I do feel like the next season, the next space in this journey of following Jesus uh, is going to be a significant one. And I feel like whatever's born out of me in these next in the next season, and when I talk about next season, I'm talking about next year and beyond. I mean, there's so much on the horizon, so much amazing, exciting stuff. Um, and I see all the potential for impact that that stuff is going to bring. And I just feel like the Lord has been increasingly inviting me away to himself, um, just just for a place of cultivating deeper friendship with him and a deeper authenticity and substance in my being for the things of God. And um, so so there was that, right? So this invitation away and this invitation toward community. And so I'm sitting in my room with devotion time, 
two weeks ago. And I'd always had in my mind that, you know, maybe at some stage I should maybe do a DTS. This, now, DTS, if I didn't tell you already, stands for Discipleship Training School. And it's kind of the first module uh, that that is an entry point into the YWAM community. But it also is, even if you don't end up working with YWAM, it's this beautiful space away for deeper discipleship uh, and deeper relationship with Jesus. And so I felt this on my heart and... And I feel like two weeks ago, right, so in my devotion time, the Lord just says to me, do it. Do it now. <laughs> um, and yet this came with such a sense of urgency and such a rush of sort of grabbing my attention that I did pay attention to it. And so I sit, sat with it just by myself for about a day. And then I started testing it with good friends uh, that I trust. And we started praying into it and talking around it. And so they start speaking to my life and they start helping me and leading me. And the more we talk, the more we feel like this is right. And so I start praying about places uh, where I could do this DTS. Now, if you go search YWAM DTS, you're going to find that you can do a DTS pretty much anywhere in the world, right? Because there's a YWAM base pretty much anywhere in the world. And so it's like you have this excess of choice, which makes it really hard to make a decision. And um, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, and nothing is like clicking, man. And then I have this good friend, uh, Dylan Atkinson, shout out Dill, and he runs YWAM Johannesburg, actually. And he says to me, have you ever heard of YWAM Hedenhut? And so I say, no, I haven't. And uh, I go look it up, and here's the thing. As I start looking at YWAM Hedenhut, it, it just, it's just like peace starts to come. And I just feel like um, there's a ye- almost like a yes from God. This is, this is kind of the space. Um, and it just pulls me in that direction. There just seems to be like a deeper sense of processing and maybe a deeper rootedness uh, that is the tone of that community, right? And so um, I, I keep looking at this YWAM Hidden Hut place, and here's what I start to find out. That rooted in this community, uh, and the reason why I feel so kind of drawn to it, right, is the story of the Moravian Church. Now, if you don't know about the Moravian Church, this is going to blow your mind, right? So 1700s, this is when we're talking, there's a guy called Count Zinzendorf, Nikolaus Zinzendorf. The man's a count, so he's loaded, he's got all kinds of cash, and he loves Jesus, right? At the same time, in the Czech Republic of its time, there's this group of people called the Moravians who are like radically devoted to their faith, but are being persecuted in their region uh, because of their Christianity. And so... Count Zinzendorf, who's super loaded, he buys a whole bunch of land. Well, he gets given a whole bunch of land from his grandmother, who's super wealthy. And then he gets the Moravians uh, to come and live on this land. And he gives them this village. And so this group of people uh, start find a place to settle, right? And there's this Christian community that's created. But then with Count Zinzendorf's leadership and with other guys who are involved, what starts to be established is this Moravian church, right? And these people are super passionate for the gospel and super passionate about Jesus. And one of the things that's born in their community, listen to this, is a 24-7 prayer meeting that happens for 100 years, over 100 years, 120 years or so, right? So that's, that's for 120 years, they roster themselves as a community and they stop, they, they pray nonstop for 24 hours a day, seven days a week for 100 years. <laughs> and out of this 100-year prayer meeting, uh, there's like a Pentecost that happens inside of them uh, off the back of a beautiful time of repentance. And then off the back of this prayer meeting, one of the earliest expressions of church, of modern mission, what we know today, is born. And Moravians scatter from the town of Hedenhut all over 
the world, right? There's this island called uh, St. Thomas Island, which is known for its slavery. And so there's some Moravians who actually sell themselves into slavery to to reach the, the slaves on this island, right? And Moravians go, they go literally to every continent you can think of. John Wesley, uh, he encounters Moravians on a ship which is about to sink, right? And while everybody else is panicking in the middle of the storm uh, on the ship, there's these Moravians who are worshiping in the ship. And John Wesley sees these guys and he's so moved by their faith uh, that he has this conversation with them. And that conversation is a turning point in Wesley's life. And so the Reformation stuff that comes out of Wesley's life is so much a part of what happened in the Moravian's life. And pretty much everywhere that you can think of in modern church history, wherever there's been revival or awakening, there's been Moravians somewhere in the mix. These guys would literally pack their stuff when they would leave their country, if God was calling them to a place. Uh, there was such a high chance that they would die. They would just pack their stuff in in uh, in their coffins and just go to that place, right? Um, and they really did. They just saw their lives as seized to be buried for the glory of God. These were incredible, incredible people. And and it's like um, this place, Hut, and this movement of the Moravians, it's like there's this deep Christian heritage that was kind of buried and then, and then reinforced and then fortified over years and years and years of prayer, right? And so I find myself drawn to this place that's saturated in prayer and saturated in the history of, of the Moravians. And, and so much has come out of this place, so many movements and experiences. Some of you may know of Pete Gregg and the 24-7 prayer movement, inspired by this Moravian story, right? And so I'm drawn to that place, and I think to myself, yeah, the, the, this is the place. I end up being able to Skype with um, some of the, the staff here at YWAM Herrenhuts, and Hannah, shout out to you. And uh, as we're talking to one another, and as I'm researching more about the place and just listening in, I really feel peace that this is the place I'm supposed to go. And so I do. <laughs> so some incredible friends of mine helped me get a ticket. Love you, Brillingers. And uh, I get on a plane. And I come across to Germany uh, with no real idea of how it's all going to work out, no real idea of how it's all going to be financed, no real, no real idea of any of that kind of stuff, but just a, a, a real sense of this is the word of the Lord and this is what God's called me into. And so two weeks ago, if you had asked me, are you going to be in Germany in two weeks from now? I would have said absolutely not. But as I'm recording this podcast uh, today, I'm sitting in the basement of a castle in Herrenhut in Germany. And I've just come off the back of uh, basically the first week of orientation here at YMM Herrenhut, right? And it's been amazing. Um, I'm going to be here, as I said, for the next three months. And every week we, we do intensive teaching around different issues and uh, just phenomenal. And I'm going to try as best I can record a podcast at the end of every week, mostly to process for myself the things I've been learning, but then also just to share with you um, the journey and invite you into that, right? And and hopefully this stuff is helpful for you. And so off this first week, here we go. This is this is some of the stuff that really does stand out for me. Um, I listened into the story of, y of YWAM itself, Youth With a Mission, right? They kind of caught us up with everything that YWAM is about. And I've been reading this book, Is That Really You, God? by Lauren, Cunning Lauren Cunningham. And I just, I want to say, if I'm very honest, um, Although I've been involved with YWAM for some time, teaching on DTSs and those kinds of things, I have been a little bit cautious, I guess. Uh, and, and maybe it's because YWAM, Youth with a Mission, this organization, this community of people, is so huge. 
And so, you know, you do hear stories uh, that maybe aren't so great, but I would imagine anything of the size, whether it's YWAM or anything else, has elements of um, not the best expressions of its heart, right? But all I can tell you is as I'm reading this book and hearing about the vision of YWAM, I am blown away. I'm blown away. I'm humbled by any judgments that I had about this community without actually really taking the time to get to know the people involved. Uh, although, I and, and let me say this, uh, YWAM Durban community, if you're listening to this, you guys have always been the best picture of me, to, for me, of the YWAM space. And I've loved everything I've seen in that community. But uh, I, I didn't have like a, a, a um, I guess like an understanding of the inside heartbeat of what you were as a community. And this week, as I've been reading this book and being told the stories of YWAM's journey to where it is now, I mean, Lauren Cunningham is still alive, right? So (laughs) this went from a vision of a a young man, 20-something, right? He's he's in um, the Bahamas. He's, He's on a mission trip there. And he gets this vision of waves crashing onto continents. And then in that picture... Uh, these waves start to turn into young people and young people crashing onto continents all over the world, right? And it goes from that in one lifetime, uh, right, into what is now one of the, well, the uh, the largest missions movement in the world. And as I listen to the story, here's here's what stands out for me. There is an amazing power in simple faith. Simple faith. And this is a big thing for me personally because, um, you know, those of you who know my journey a little bit, I've come out of a season, particularly in the last year or two, of just lots of information. Uh, you know, master's studies, uh, it's, it's saturating, right? And you're reading a lot and you're learning a lot of information. And I love that and I'm so grateful for that and uh, so grateful for the opportunity to do my master's and I hope I will go on to study more. I don't think there's anything wrong with, with learning. Um, but he, here's what happens, at least to me, is that the idea of Jesus can become very intellectualized. And uh, the idea of God can become very intellectualized. And if we're not careful, I'm not saying this is true for everyone. I'm just saying this is true for me. If we're not careful, we can end up developing this kind of posture where we have a head full of knowledge and a heart empty of passion, right? And we don't live in that place of just simple radical obedience where if we, if we feel that God has said it, and of course using all the, the wise parameters in order to discern what we feel God is and isn't saying, but if we feel like God has said it, we just act on it, right? And I think you can be in ministry for a really long time and you can study a whole lot and all of a sudden your your uh, just radical obedience to Jesus can become a profession and you can become a pastor before you're a follower or you can become a theologian before you're a follower or you can become a whatever you are, a missionary before you're a follower of Jesus. And I know that that started to become true of me and I just, if I'm honest, I just got really comfortable in, in the space that I was. And now being here, just I can see why God has called me away. And as I'm reading this book and, and listening to these stories of YWAM, I am moved by just the power of simple faith. Again and again and again, there are stories of, of what God has done uh, and, and things like, like incredible things. Like, so one story out of the book, this is just for free, right? So 
YWAM has started to grow and they're starting to send missionaries all over the world. And, and this guy, Lauren Cunningham, who kind of was the starter and pioneer of this work, he's flying over China. And as he's flying over China, he feels like the Lord say to him that he needs to start this ministry with ships. Okay, So they need to get ships and they need to fill these ships with missionaries. And then these ships need to cruise around and, and uh, share the gospel with a bunch of people all over that region of the world. So he goes to his friends in New Zealand and they now praying. Okay, and the first thing that they're thinking is, what, like, how intricate and complicated is it going to be to put together a ministry with a giant ship full of missionaries? <laughs> and like, we're going to need a captain. We're going to need people who understand sailing. We're going to need it. We're going to need to know all these things, right? So they're busy praying, and they have this principle of like, we pray, we hear what God says. And uh, if God speaks to all of us in that kind of thing, so they call it like this wise man principle, like uh, as God speaks to all of us and as we hear it, uh, then we know we can start to act on it, right? And so they're starting to pray about this thing and bring it before the Lord, and their prayers are interrupted by a knock on the door. And so Lauren goes to the door, and he opens the door. And as he opens the door, there's a man standing there. And he's kind of, uh, Lauren's a little bit irritated because this guy's interrupting the prayer meeting. But he asks him, can he help him? And the man says, straight up, he just says, uh, why would God call me if I'm not a missionary or something to that effect, right? And so Lauren feels like he should, he should engage with this guy. So he says to him, uh, tell me more. Why, why do you ask that question? And this guy says to him, I feel like God's called me to be a missionary, but I'm not a missionary. All I know how to do is captain ships. <laughs> I've been, a, I've been a ship captain my whole life, and I've been involved with ships my whole life. Right? So, so here's the picture. God gives them this picture of this ministry with a ship that's cruising around the islands and, and being Jesus to a whole bunch of people. They get together to pray about it, and interrupting their prayers is the answer to their prayer. And this is just like one story among, I could tell you just like so many stories out of this book, and just stories from this community here in Germany, and YWAM communities all over the world. One of the communities here has a castle like a full-on castle. We're living in also a castle, not doesn't have turrets and stuff like that. And the story of this castle that we're living in, craziest, craziest story. Like literally 11th hour, God providing the finance, down to God providing the exact number of mattresses that they needed to have for their first school of discipleship in this building. Like it, there, are, there are miracle stories after miracle stories after miracle stories involved in the DNA of this ministry. And I think personally how that has challenged me is that God is reminding me that uh, when He wants to do great things through any human being, well, first of all, God's reminding me that He wants to do great things. And, and can I challenge you right now? I don't know where your faith level's at. And even if you're listening to this and you don't, you're not even sure if you believe in God, right? Because follow podcasts always want to make space for people who are exploring. And you're listening and you're going, I'm not even sure if this is true. Here's what I need to remind you of and encourage you about and just assure you of. You are made for God-sized exploits. Now, God-sized exploits don't always necessarily look big in the eyes of man, but, but God is not playing around with your life, right? Jesus didn't come into the earth. Jesus didn't come to rescue us. Jesus didn't come to bring us out of darkness and into His marvelous light so that we just play small with our existence. If you are sitting and wondering, what is your one and only life for? I want to say to you that it's about God-sized exploits. And you can do God-sized exploits as a mom. You can do it as a dad. You can do it as a kid in high school. It doesn't necessarily mean that you've got to run into the middle of the Amazon. But what it does mean is that you've got to have a heart postured for greatness. You've got to have a heart postured for things of the kingdom of God. And I think what can happen to us as Christian people, particularly in the sort of first world, um, middle class, uh, upper 
socioeconomic bracket Christianity is we can start to think that our Christianity is just about being nice people, right? Just not swearing, not drinking, not sleeping around, going to church, paying our tithe, and being good people, right? But, but Jesus has saved us for so much more than that. Jesus has saved us for God-sized exploits, whatever that looks like in your sphere. Whether you're a businessman or a teacher or a student, God has purpose for you where you are. And here's the other beautiful thing that I want to encourage you with, is that you can activate that. You can enter into that purpose regardless of who you are, because it doesn't take study and it doesn't take degrees and it doesn't take training. It just takes simple faith. It takes what I'm learning this week is that it takes a bunch of people who hear the word of God, who hear the things that are on the heart of their creator and just have the radical audacity and faith to just say yes to that thing and step into it, right? And and, and that's what's stirring in me. I mean, how many things have kind of passed me by for one of two reasons? Either I thought, um, no, that's too big, or I thought, no, that's too big for me. Or I thought, no, that's too crazy. Or I thought, no, that's too crazy for me. And when you start to understand that God's in the business of big and crazy and that he will use anyone who's willing to go with him in this simple act of faith, what that does is it qualifies you for the story of Jesus, right? And you yourself can start to become a follower right where you are. And this doesn't have to be a burdensome thing. This is not like obligatory. This is not heavy and weighty. You don't have to feel like you're carrying a whole bunch of stuff around with you now. What it means, what it should do is explode inside of you with, with excitement. You should, there should be like an awakening of anticipation that, that Jesus actually invites you into partnership with him for the things of the gospel in the earth today. What a miracle, right? And that's, that's the biggest takeaway that I, I can bring out of this week. Um, is that simple faith can do incredible, incredible things. And so that's the first episode, guys. Uh, Episode one, uh, I'll think of a name for what we're going to call this series. I can't think of one right now, but I'll I'll put it out there. And uh, and yeah, I'm going to try to do this every week, mostly because it'll be helpful just to process for me, and it'll be awesome to share with you now, if you want to get involved in the conversation, if there's stuff that I'm speaking about that moves you or connects with you, if there's questions you have, uh, please do that and, and get hold of me, message me. Um, you can reply to the podcast. You can email me at mattlewis516 at gmail.com. You can go to the website, uh, mattlewis.co.za. You can have a look there. Get hold of me. And, and if you have, you want to be a part of the conversation, do that. Also, uh, you know, this is a young podcast, as you know. So like and share and uh, leave reviews uh, on iTunes and all those kinds of things. That'd be great. But mostly, I just want to invite you into the story. And, and I hope that as my faith grows week by week, your faith will grow week by week with me. That really is the goal of this. And um, yeah, that's the journey. So I'm in Germany uh, and I'll be here for the next three months and then I'll be somewhere in the world <laughs> for about a good three months after that. And I'll try and keep you part of in the loop of that journey as much as I possibly can. Um, so thanks for listening. Good to be back with you. Good to be back in your ears. And I just hope that this is encouraging for you. And um, please be praying for me and let me know how I can be praying for you. Shout out to the YWAM Hit people. So good to be in your building. And you guys have been amazing. You've welcomed us uh, so much in this community. And I've enjoyed getting to know some of you already. And uh, I'm excited to get to know some of you even more. So here's to the journey. And we'll see where it goes.